The Startup Life is brought to you by Target. No matter if it's household items to make your home more aesthetically pleasing or a 65-inch TV to complete that man cave, Target is the go-to place for high-quality products at an affordable price. Start your Target journey with a link in our show notes. Target. Expect more. Pay less. This week on The Startup Life. When you stick to your vision and you paint that vision to somebody else, they'll buy into your vision and then you can you can grow your company by learning how to hire and train. All right, Startup Nation, so let's take flight with Terry Ogburn, serial entrepreneur and executive coach. The Startup Life begins now. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother... Hey, Startup Nation. Do you enjoy the startup life? Now you can let the world know with gear from the show. Choose from the label yourself, make your own look, and making money t-shirts to tell your story of your path of entrepreneurship. Click the link in the show notes to purchase. All right, Startup Nation. So I hope you're ready to receive some value today. We got a big time guest in the building today. We got Terry Ogburn. What's going on, Big T? Hey, thank you, Dominic, for having me on your show. I'm coming to know your show very well. Very good job you're doing. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Are you ready to pour some knowledge in the Startup Nation today? I really am. Let's do it. As always, Startup Nation, my name is Dominic Lawson. This is the Startup Life Podcast, and it is powered by the Binge Podcast Network. So first things first, Terry, let's get this thing started off right. Tell us about your path to entrepreneurship. Oh, actually, that's a good way to start. I actually started when I was probably a little tyke. I was probably about 10 or 12 years old. Okay. Uh, I wanted, um, I wanted a bicycle, Dominic. And for, <laughs> for all the audience, you know, the startup nation, you know, that we've all been there, want something, you know? And so I went to my dad and, and we're a military family, mm-hmm. not a lot of money, a lot of love, you know? Right. And so he said, well, how do you plan on paying for it? And I said, well, I could get a paper route, you know, cause a couple of my buds in the neighborhood, they did, they were a little older, but they had them. And he said, okay, so let's figure down what's your payment plan going to be. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, and I made a nickel per household, you know, yeah, how long is it going to take me about? So I had to lay out a little, you know, I call them performance nowadays, but that was the first one. And then later on, it was um, a lawn mowing business and so forth and so on. But my first real business adventure was when I started my air conditioning company and I'd been fired out of the car business, Dominic. And I'm I'm sure every one of your uh, audience has been someplace where they were down to their last $118 and 42 cents. Absolutely. And so we just, you know, take a dare, you know, we just jump out there, you know, we say, okay, well, there was a broken furnace duck and I had some air conditioning experience and I took the Medici effect here and to merge these two highways and figured I could charge $15 per, per fix. I make a few grand until I get grub started, you know, get something to get started with. And um, it all took off after that. Uh, you know, you meet this person and I encourage your audience to get mentors and find people right in your own neighborhoods, right in your own area. You know, there's a man told me years ago and people probably heard it. If you want to change your income, change the five people you hang around with the most. Absolutely. So go out and get some mentors, get some, you don't even have, they can be even fictitious, so to speak. Meaning that uh, like one of mine is Warren Buffett. I just, I love his down to earth, you know, warm attitude about, about life and how it goes about, how it goes about doing it, you know, soft-spoken. So anyway, let your adventure take over and, and do some, you know, just, you know, expand outside the box, so to speak. For sure. For sure. Thank you for sharing that. Now you, you mentioned that, you know, you started the, the air conditioning contract business this is around 1979. And I think that's quite a peculiar time to start a business. And I want to ask you about that because I mean, in the first couple of years of your business here in, in the United States, we had the energy crisis and we had a few mini recessions. So I'm thinking you're starting a business around this time. It, it couldn't have been super easy 
uh, around that time. Not that starting a business is easy in general, but to kind of have that added degree of difficulty, if you will. So how did you navigate those waters, like going through the recession at that time and stuff like that? Tell us about that a little bit. Well, the recession, one of the things that people like to fix mm-hmm. rather than replace. So uh, so it became, you know, the, for expenditure model, unless something was really over, you know, like a compressor change or something like, usually you didn't get, you know, big unit changes back then. Nobody was tackling the service industry. Okay. Everybody was doing installations and that work. And the service industry was left to more of the big re- refrigeration chillers and coolers and that stuff. But nobody was in this little small market. So I I suggest to all your listeners, you know, find some little segment of, of the market that you can excel in and find somewhere it needs to be fixed. You know, when we were when I was in the travel industry, we've our, we carved out our niche there to be people who spent uh, less than $250,000 annually on airline travel, corporations that spend. Well, that corporation spending money on travel is a trillion dollar industry, Dominic. Mm-hmm. All you need is a little piece of it. <laughs> you don't need all of it, just a little thing to make that makes you happy, you know? So when, when we're looking at what need can we do, like in the air conditioning business, one of the things that, that was wrong in that industry, so to speak, and I think probably still is in a lot of service industries, is they let the technician dictate how they're going to run their business, so to speak. So in my case, the tech, I'd say, well, how long are you going to be on this job? I, I got to get a better scheduling. My customers complain because we can't schedule good. And they said, well, we just don't know, Terry. We, we could be on a job for an hour. We could be a job for five hours. So I live with that that philosophy, that limited belief until I got fed up with them, fix, you know, decided I was going to fix it. So I took the control right. out of their hands and put it into my dispatcher's hands. Saying now you have to get permission to work on that uh, piece of equipment before, you know, before that. So they call, they would have to call in on the radio, you know, two-way radios. We installed, that was different. And so they call in and so we'd say, okay, ask the customer when they want it done. And Dami, you're not going to believe their answer. Hmm. Their answer was, can you come back when? Wow. So the t- we've been living in this fallacy of the, the, the technicians and being in charge when all we had to do is listen to the customer and the customer say, can you come back when my husband's here? Can you come back when my kids get back from school? Uh, can you come back later this afternoon? And once we had that under control, then we could control the scheduling, got the scheduling under control. Our business grew like wildfire because of the referrals. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. And what I'm hearing from that answer, Terry, and Startup Nation, you know, take heed to this. It's a very common sense approach to starting your business. And so even though with all of that going on around them, you, you just really took a common sense approach. And, and it seems like those things really didn't affect you that much. Exactly. Because you study what other people do and you do it differently better you know another thing i uh, you know you have to think outside of the box you know that's what businesses you know good entrepreneurs do they got you know, they got something going well i also chose the name of my company was buccaneer after the tampa bay buccaneers right thinking that i would get 6 months of advertising you know while they were playing and you know teams and all that they would be you know but guess what i got a years worth of advertising mm. All, they, all the times they were following Buccaneer, they just thought I was part of the team. Gotcha. I got to a point, I don't know if you remember much about the Bucks in their early year, but they happened to, they were a very losing team. Right, right. So I get phone calls and people call in and say, well, I hope you ain't like them Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. I, I, but I they didn't stop that. calling me. <laughs> right, right. I love that approach because it, it, it's almost like you're kind of, not necessarily latching on, but you're using that that connection to your advantage. And so I really hope you caught that startup nation that sometimes you can use like connections to your advantage in your business to kind of grow and scale. So I appreciate that. Yeah, we have a um, in my you know, my business plan when I give this, I have a business development plan that's generic that we retrofit into your world. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes a few minutes to do it. It's no big deal. Um, but in there, it says well, there's some rules to the game. And the last rule of the game is if you can't think of a good game, borrow it. I'll give you guys a, a good little tip here. Okay, okay. So I don't know how many of them out there uh, send thank you cards or, or, or uh, do that kind of stuff. Well, I built a whole business. My air conditioning business was built on sending thank you cards to everybody that did business with me. So 
Nowadays, Hallmark took and spent literally thousands and thousands of dollars to teach us that we care the very best to send the very best. You would agree with me that with that, right, Dominic? Absolutely. Okay, so when you send a thank you card, why don't you just go buy the Hallmark? You've said so much in that little $3, $4 card because it's been impressed in us by Hallmark that you care the very best to send the very best. For sure. For sure. So that's just great brand, you know, commingling your brand with theirs and saying you really care. And believe me, no uh, customers, their ideas in this day and age is they don't care how much you know, they care more about how much you care about them. Got you. Got you. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm starting to see not just a common sense, but building those relationships uh, seems very important, which leads me actually to my next question, which is why I think you got the accolades that we're going to talk about now. Because Startup Nation in 1983, Terry was in the, was a top five nominee for Businessman of the Year. And the following year, he won the 1984 Businessman of the Year for the entire state of Florida. So when you talk, when we think about, you know, building those relationships and the accolades that you've got from it, you know, what does that accomplishment mean to you, Terry, when you're recognized like that? The one thing I learned about people, they love to be recognized. Me, you, everybody. We, Absolutely. We, we just love. In fact, when I go in, when I was in my corporate uh, world, I'd go in into companies and I'd have to change them. Well, the first thing I'd want to do is change their titles. Give them a better title. Give them something that they can be proud of. Both of those accolades that you pointed out there, those were people, my peers, bestowed that on me. It wasn't that I suck out, you know, went after them or, or, you know, or, you know, signed up for them or whatever, so to speak. These were my fellow business owners in the marketplace put that nomination in for me. Right. Uh, so that that just, you know, says what you're what you're doing for the community or what you're doing in. And I encourage all people get involved in the community somehow. If, you know, Easter seals, make a wish, get something that, that you, you know, you just feel good about, um, you know, giving back to the community. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. And so you like you said, in your corporate world, you went on to help big time corporations with the strategies for success in their business, including Uniglobe Action Travel, which you kind of mentioned earlier, you know, raising its valuation and turning it into a national program. So my question is, what's the number one issue big companies often have and how do they overcome them? I'm not quite sure I understand the question, Dominic. Can you help me? Can you help me with that again? I guess a lot of times when you talk about the, the the common sense nature of running a small business and stuff like that, sometimes companies get kind of big. And so some of those fundamentals get lost. And so they need somebody like you to kind of come in and say, hey, you know, let's take it back to the fundamentals. Let's take it back to some, you know, to some common sense things. So I guess I'm, I'm, I'm asking is like when people reach out for you for help, what's the number one issue that they have? Um, that's a good question, and, and thank you for uh, explaining it better. Sure. Uh, the uh, most what happens in business um, over my time, whether it's big, small, medium, doesn't matter. We get into this micromanaging concept, mm-hmm. and it, it's a growth. As we grow, when we start in a, in a small company, we grow, and then we think we have to have our fingers in all the pies. Well, everybody should know by now if they're starting startups, maybe have some uh, to gain this knowledge, but hire the people, do the things that you like to do and hire the people to do the things you don't like to do. This is that simple. So um, I, I, that's all I can say is, you know, if you don't like uh, um, doing the maintenance work, do it. If you like doing it, then hire somebody to run the company. Tony Robbins is not the CEO of his company. There's many figureheads out there that do not run their business. Right. They don't do the day-to-day stuff. They hire people to do that because they love being on stage or they like doing other things. So find out what you're good at and then and make a joy out of it. Make it, make it your, your solid purpose in life to be the very best that you can be at that position. So in big companies, when they take over, you have a CEO takes over. Uh, he, wants, he wants to bring in the right team. He wants to bring, bring in people who are going to surround his vision, his mission, and then uh, be creative with inside of that. We call that today entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. These are people who can understand the comp- corporation's business or, and then work within that, that 
restraints to uh, be creative and, and drive the business forward. So we don't hire winners, we hire potential winners. So we look for people who can, who can carry our, our mission uh, to an even higher levels. Don't be, in the, don't be so proud that you have to, to, to take all the glory. Real leaders, they pass out the, the, the accolades and the glory to others because that's how you get, that's how you get your business higher. I can, give your, I can give your listeners four things right now, just four steps. If they put these four things in place, I promise them success. Absolutely. Anything they do. You ready? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, the first thing is you have to be committed. Now, this is that burn the boat committed. Dominic, you know, you know where I'm going with this? You have to burn the boat. You have to be totally in it. Uh, I think um, I get what you mean. Yeah, for sure. Okay, they'd burn the boats is an old uh, thing back in the er early years. Uh, during war t fights, they'd sail over to the um, you know to the other peoples uh, to do battle with. And the one guy says, "Well, how are we going to get back?" He's, the guy says, "Burn the boats." He says, "Well, how are we going to get back?" He says, "We're going to take theirs." Gotcha. So you leave them no re room for retreat. So you have to be committed. You decide what that commitment is going to be. If you're going to be good at uh, running a business, you're going to be good at time management, whatever it is. It can be small, big, doesn't matter. Then the second thing is put disciplines in your life to make sure that your commitment comes true in the time frame that you would like for it to. It's not good to have lofty goals. It's good to have definite goals, specific, right. measurable, attainable, relevant. Right. Time bound. They got to be strong, purposeful goals. So smart goals, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. And then, then we get that in place. Then we put the third thing in place, and this is decisions. Our decisions must be taking us towards our goal, towards our commitment. If I give every one of your listeners right now today permission to procrastinate on anything that doesn't take them towards their goals. Number four, vision, visionary. You have to be become a visionary. You have to visualize that you're already in possession of the commitment. If you're going to be the CEO of your company, then, then you already have to see yourself as the visionary of your company. That doesn't mean you walk around touting that you are one. It means that you have to start visualizing you being one. So then that causes you to think like one. That starts, starts you to go out and see what others think like. What do other high-ranking officials think like? And then, you know, start to map pattern them. If you want a, a building, you're in a your startup, you just want to get started, visualize the building. You're already in possession of this building. I'm sure all your listeners, or if they've not, they've they've seen the secret. It's a it's a great book and it's a great uh, DVD. I suggest all of them get it because the universe works just in that way. You put enough faith in it, you do some hard work, and you show everybody in this audience that, that you have is a sum total of their thoughts. They're a vision. That that's their vision of themselves. Gotcha. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing all of that. And Startup Nation, I really hope you got those four steps because that's some very powerful stuff that can use on your in your business and on your path to entrepreneurship. So, Terry, I appreciate all of that for sure. You're so, welcome. Absolutely. So I, I want to switch gears to, from big business to small business a little bit, because on your website, terryogberg.com, uh, there's an opening video of you and you talk about the three hats successful small business owners wear. Could you explain what those those three hats are? Sure. Um, and thank you for checking out my website. That's, I appreciate that very much. And I encourage your, uh, the nation to um, check it out, too. Absolutely. And, and once again, uh, Startup Nation, that website, terryogburn.com, is in the show notes for easy access. Go ahead, Terry. I just want to get thank that in there real quick. Appreciate you. Um, the, the buckets uh, are visionary uh, or your entrepreneurial side of you, the visionary side of you. Mm -hmm. We all have that. You know, we have this great idea where your startup people are, are coming up with these ideas and they get ready to start. They have the vision of opening and they made that, that vision come true. Then they settle into the manager role of the business and that's getting the copier and the this and the that and the desk and the chairs and whatever their little, um, you know, give me do things are that, that they need to run their business with. And then they settle into the third bucket of, of their time. And that's the technician side of it. This is the day-to-day -day operations, the sales and marketing, whatever it is that they do to get their uh, sales in the cash flow going sales in the door. Mm. What happens is over time, there's so much gravitational pull in this technician area or this day-to-day uh, -day operations area that you lose sight of your vision. 
And then once you lose sight of your vision, then it becomes a, a, a grind to do the day to day management of your duties. And you forget about expanding and adding computers and adding people and and all the, the things that go along with acquiring a, a business that has 50 people or 10 or whatever number you wanted. When I was in the air conditioning business, I wanted to have the largest uh, air conditioning com- service company in Hillsborough County. That was my goal. Mm hmm. When I sold my business to my employees, and that's a pretty good that's a pretty good sale, let me tell you. When you sell it to your employees, I sold it to my employees after 10 years with over 7,000 customers that had done business with me for three years or longer. That's how I evaluated it. Well, I got a lot more money for my business. Gotcha. When you stick to your vision and you paint that vision to somebody else, they'll buy into your vision and then you can you can grow your company by learning how to hire and train a lot of things in companies like one of the things that we did that was different was I brought my team in at seven o'clock every morning. So if you've got any service contractors out there that just my team came in at seven in the morning, we trained from seven to seven forty five and then we went out in the streets. Gotcha. And I love that part because it, it, it speaks to a, a constant level of professional development and that we're always talking about, you know, on the Startup Life podcast, Powered by the Bench Podcast Network, we're always talking about sharpening that saw. So I love that piece where you talk about from, you know, that 45 minute window of like doing some training and development. And it wasn't technical training because I expected them to know how to work on a piece of equipment. Right. But I, what I wanted them to learn is how to handle customers and how to handle situations. Absolutely. That type of stuff, the stuff that nobody trained him in. Just one real quick thing. One sure. of the things that we did that was different in the in the uh, business was, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but when a serviceman comes to your house or something, or they take things apart, especially the air conditioner, they leave off screws. They don't put all the screws back. Well, because the technician knows it only needs these three screws to hold everything together. So those, that's, all that other stuff is a waste of time to them. Okay, mm-hmm. And they're in on time mode. The homeowner doesn't know that, fair to say. Right. If there's been 10 screws in there, it's supposed to be 10 screws when you come home. Exactly. Okay. So what I asked my team to do was put fresh screws in every screw hole. Take all the old ones out, take the rusty ones out, take all that stuff out, put fresh new screws in there, and then take a little bit of turtle wax and wax the unit. Now, when the customer comes around to see the work, as you know, when somebody's worked on your air conditioner or appliance or something, they're going to look at it. Right. Why they're looking at it, but they're going to look at it. So (laughs) little things like that separate you from your competition. And when you do that, then you start to not be stand out as much as that you're outstanding. For sure. Mm. Not much so stand out, but more so outstanding. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. I want to ask you this because, you know, you wrote a piece on LinkedIn a while back called the seven tips of building your brand's reputation online. Right. And you have many great points. But one that sticks out to me is being consistent. That's a point we really try to uh, drive home to Startup Nation, Terry. So if you would, please, sir, back me up on here. Explain to us why consistency building a brand online is so important. The brain works like this, Dominic, and a good question, because this is a big, huge thing to, to get across to your, to your nation. Mm-hmm. Um, branding must be consistent. Everybody understands that. Right. Well, well the, here's how the brain works. We have to see something 27 times before we believe it. Mm. Did, you, did you know that? I did not know that. We have to, we have to, it takes 27 impressions for us to actually believe that the person that we're looking for is going to be there when we need them. So when building your brand, you want to make sure I'll give you just a real, uh, just a good story. This is about Sprint. I'm sure your listeners know about Sprint. Well, they were launching in the early nineties in Miami and they wanted to dominate the Broward, Miami, Palm Beach counties. They wanted to dominate that little section of, of Florida. And so they decided that they wanted to be in the top five cell carriers there. And there were seven cell carriers there before they came into the, to the mix. They had no coverage. So what they did was they decided they were going to target the group, 35 to 55-year-old people you know, cell phones, you know, people that would own cell phones. Right. Then they decided that they were going to make sure that basically was um, a million people in that that range 
uh, age range in that group. So they decided that they were going to spend, see that each person had 66 impressions. Now you think about that 66 million impressions that they brought right. to the table. Now it took 90, they did this window of 90 day launch when they launched their, their campaign 90 days later, where do you think they set in the standings of those eight carriers now? I imagine pretty high at that point. They were number three. Mm -hmm. But look how much money they spent on brand awareness. Right. Okay. So it costs a lot of money to build, build a brand. So that's why we really want to make sure that when we, when we set something in place, that it stays consistent. What happens is you take, you go and you buy some advertising or whatever, and you cannot, you think that you're, you know, you could buy it and you do it for 30 days and it's going to bring some business in, but it takes 90 to as much, sometimes as much as six months to get a brand to kick in or a, a person to, to get to uh, start to benefit from that. Mass advertising, I call it. Now, I do have a better way for your listeners if I could share that with you for a moment. Absolutely. Instead of going after it in a, in a, in a mass uh, marketing concept, go at it as a direct marketing concept. And what I mean by that oh, is that. focus on pocketed areas. So if you want to target all the Mercedes and Lexus owners, Get that mailing list and focus on them. If you want to focus on beachfront and waterfront properties, if you're in the real estate business, then focus on that. Tar surgeons make a lot more money than general practitioners. Is that fair to say? That is fair to say. Okay, so why don't we just hone in our target? Now, once we do that, then we don't have to spend as much. I took, uh, I'll share just a little quick story with you. This is my company in Chicago. They're general contractors. The best year they ever had in their in their career was eight million dollars and that's pretty good that's a pretty good amount wouldn't you say absolutely well so we decided to put together a new develop new business development department for his business now the problem in chicago is that the winter much like in florida with the summer plays havoc on um on your work meaning that in the winter time in chicago you don't get much work in florida you don't get much heating <laughs> You know, so, right. you know, you know, there's not air conditioning. Either. So right. we needed inside work. So I flew up there. He flew me up there. So I drove around with him and we figured out these little pockets of areas and these little pockets. that we went after were little, these little strip centers, these little strip office things that have builds a suit, 30,000 square foot builds a suit. Well, we took the highway of the customer needing that office space and the general contractor that could build that. And we merged those two highways together by utilizing the property uh, manager to facilitate this. Well, we started knocking on doors and meeting with people and so forth and building relationships with them and going around in the neighborhood, you know, just getting our information out there. Well, the first quarter of this year, this all took place up until last year, the first quarter of this year, the debt department generated $200,000, $212,000 in new business. Now, they say that's not much, but when you didn't have it to start with and there right. was no outside sales program in place, that's pretty good. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. And then when we went into the, to the second quarter of this year, and we're coming up you know, to the end of that, it was projected that $800,000 business would come in through that department. Now, that means that we were, we were going to do, if the statistics hold true and we're on course right now, that means that we'll do a million dollars that these people never had. Plus, we, we put them in an environment where they can work inside and they're outside of their elements. Right. So that's what I mean. Coming up with little ideas that in direct marketing, well, that's all we did was went start knocking on door. Is it, is it uh, uh, labor intensive? Yes. Is it, uh, is it costly? No. It's just shoe leather. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I love all of this because Startup Nation, it really speaks to the entrepreneurial mindset and the problem solving mindset more specifically, because when you talk about, you know, not necessarily the mass marketing, but that target focus marketing, you, you're able to build those relationships, like you said, on a, on a deeper level. And that's more lucrative than just mass marketing, in my opinion, of course. So I love that you shared that with us. Yeah, and you can look this up online. There's, I'll give your nation a website, followupsuccess.com. Followupsuccess.com. 
www.success.com. And what you'll find there is uh, statistics that show that 48% of the salespeople will not make a, will make one touch and that's it. 25% of the salespeople will make two touches. 73% of the salespeople will only, will not make more than two touches. And only 5% of the sales are made by that 73%. Wow. However, if you look, if you scroll on down to that page, you'll see that 80% of the sales are made between the fifth and the 12th contact. So we have to take time to build rapport and trust with people because I don't care. We're all salespeople. I don't care what business we're in. We got to get cash moving. So that means whether we hire them or we do them, we're sales. Well, understand that that people do not trust salespeople. Right. And people don't buy anything from people that they don't know. So building that rapport, like you said, is super important. Exactly. And, and it's fun because like with my guy there in Chicago, what we did was we come up with a, a candy dish, just a simple little candy dish with their little logo on it. Right. You drop it off. You go into the gatekeeper. You drop it off. Hey, listen, I'm the new area rep for, you know, blah, 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 blah. I uh, just want to drop off this candy dish and, and stop by from time to time. And by the way, who who is the property manager? You traded a candy dish for a card. Now, how much did I pay for that lead? Uh, not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. <laughs> at a couple of dollars, right? A couple of dollars for that candy dish. That's it. And then I get to come by every week or every two weeks or every whatever time and fill it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, and even the candy is itself is not really a whole lot. So you're absolutely right. Thank you for sharing all of that. Startup Nation, this is a very content heavy episode, especially in as far as like ideas and, and strategies that will definitely work in. Honestly, whatever business or industry or space that you're in, these are very tangible ideas that you can use. So, Terry, I appreciate all of this content, man, for sure. Well, I appreciate you, Dominic. Thank you, too, for allowing me to share it. And like I said earlier, that's what I like doing is just helping others get, you know, to what they want. Absolutely. Absolutely. Quick question before we go to break. You know, what did you learn from the worst boss, teacher or mentor you've ever had? Wow. I have one boss that hired me five times in my corporate career. Every time he would go get a job, he'd get me with him. I, I'll come if you bring Terry with me. But the right. thing, and I love working with a guy because he, it was, he was my worst nightmare, but he, at the same time, I learned so much. Mm. And the thing was, he was, a, he was a saboteur. He would go in and he would see where we were going and he'd blow up the tracks down the trail just to see if I could fix them. So that posed its own little, you know, situations, kept me hot, you know, on my toes, so to speak. But I'd have to say the, the worst guy in, in that I ever worked with was a president down in Miami for X International. And this guy had it in for me, Dominic, from the day he met me. Mm. I don't know why, but man, in two weeks, he had me ready to turn in my resignation. And I did. And so the chairman who had hired me, he, came, he pulled me off the side. He says, I thought you wanted to work for me. And I said, I do, but I don't want to work for him. And right. So within, I'd say about three hours, I was set aside and I was working directly with the chairman. And I didn't have to work with the president ever again. And but the, still, you can imagine that the, the energy that was in that office, because I was I had like an energy of Teflon. And again, it, 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 this was a long period of time. And at one point in this relationship that we were going through, this president and I, I was actually coming into work at four o'clock in the morning because I refused to be uh, outworked by anybody. Gotcha. My boss, call, uh, the chairman called up one morning, like five o'clock in the morning, because I knew you'd be there. <laughs> so you just got, you know, sometimes you just have to, you got to out, you know, you got to outwork them. So if they're getting in your hair, you just got to outwork them. I hear that. I hear that. Sometimes you just got to outwork them. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. How do you like being on the startup life so far, Terry? Man, I love it. Your energy is amazing. <laughs> I'd have to say this has been one of the best energy shows that I've been on, Dominic. Awesome. Congratulations. Oh, thank you so much. That means so much. All right, Startup Nation. So I hope you're getting great value from Terry's content, but we got to pay a few bills. Once again, my name is Dominic Lawson. This is the Startup Life Podcast, and it is powered by the Binge Podcast Network. Startup Nation, Kenda and I, along with our daughter Zoe, have this thing called Target Fridays if she's had a good week at school. 
We stopped by the snack bar for popcorn and mermaid ices. Startup Nation, don't judge me until you've tried them. Those ices are really good. Anyways, we then head over to the toy section so my daughter can add to her LOL doll collection. My daughter is a pretty good student, so you can imagine that we have spent a small fortune on LOL dolls. However, I can take solace in the fact that Target makes it affordable to buy those LOL dolls and anything else we need as a family. That's because Target believes you deserve quality at an affordable price. And when you're entrepreneurs like us, that's extremely important. But great deals and quality products are not exclusive to the brick and mortar version of the retail store. Target.com has even more exclusive deals that you can appreciate. And when you spend over $35, shipping is free. And I know we all love free shipping. We love to purchase the amazing kids clothes for Zoe from the exclusive to Target Cat and Jack line when we go online. So the next time you listen to the show and you are reminded that you need something for your home, start your Target journey with the link in our show notes where you can expect more and pay less. All right, Startup Nation, so let's continue. So Terry, if you would, please, sir, tell us a little bit about Ogburn Business Solutions and the work you do there. I started this company, Dominic, uh, 13 years ago. Uh, I was in the corporate arena doing turnaround corporation for Century 21. Uh, Basically, if your audience knows, you go in and you really have to disrupt the whole organization. You know, that's Mm. what your your goal is. But you got to get it back on track. So that's what I was doing. And downturn in real estate, you know, we all went through that where the, the, the bottom fell out of it. So I thought at that time, uh, I pay attention a lot to Warren Buffett and what he does. And he was saying at that time, there's times that we should be greedy and there should be times that we should be you know, conservative. So to hold back, you know, and this was one of the times that we need to, to be more in, I don't mean greed from the standpoint, but, but be out there now, but right. when the downturn is get out there, you know, don't, you know, don't lick your wounds, get out there and do something. Absolutely. So that was the attitude I took. I said, well, if anything is going to happen in this world, it's going to be the small business. So let me get a uh, let me take my knowledge on the road here and let me go out there and, and see if I can't get some small companies to turn get them turned around. Well, 13 years later, here I am. I've got numerous, numerous uh, success stories. I don't know if you've heard of Marine Max. Uh, they're the largest boat company uh, uh, in, in America. Okay. Uh, that's one I, I, I that's one of my accounts. But that isn't to to say that I don't have this little PR company in San Francisco with a with a virtual assistant and one lady. Gotcha. Okay. My system works in a big companies or works in a small company. It doesn't matter about that. It's whether it's the basic is if you decide that you want to take your business to the next level. Because every one of us out there have this glass ceiling and what we have trouble through is, is punching through that glass ceiling. So that's my, my tagline. If you remember on my website, it says bridge the gap between dreams and reality. Absolutely. We all have this dream and we have the reality and we, we, we don't know how to punch through that glass ceiling. That's what I bring to the table. That's what Augment Business Solutions does. We figure out the, what it takes to get you from point A to point B and we'll work backwards. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. And once again, Startup Nation, that website is there in the show notes for easy access. If you feel like you can benefit from what Terry does and and his great work. Now, Terry, I also see that you do public speaking engagements, you know, and that's part of the the, uh, the services and stuff that you provide as well. But I know we have a lot in Startup Nation to where public speaking is not quite comfortable for them. So what advice would you give them when it comes to public speaking, Terry? That's a that's a interesting topic as well, Dominic. I was a salesperson and grew up in, as a salesperson. When I got recruited to Miami, they they didn't want me for sales. And you can imagine me; I thought I was the number one in the company. I was this, that, and the other, and they, I thought I'd be recruited for that. They said, right. oh, no, we to train. And I go, oh, no, oh, no, no, that's not me at all. And they go, no, no, don't worry. You know, we're going to send you to the train the trainer program. Mm. I suggest anybody that wants to go and get into the public speaking world, get involved with train the trainer programs. Now there's just companies out there that teach you to speak from stage. That's okay. I'm not saying that's good or bad, but I can tell you where you get your good lessons from is when you go to learn how to become a trainer, because a trainer has to connect with every member in his audience. And then when you learn that takes the scariness away of, about being on stage, because 
it's now you just got to figure out how to connect with your audience. Well, one of the ways that I do it is I get there before the people and I kind of greet them when they're coming in to sit down and kind of mingle with them, kind of network them with them a little bit before I ever go up on stage. Mm-hmm. So your audience take that away, you know, get there a little early, uh, co-mingle with your, the people, get to know them. And then when you're on stage, you can call out their name. Oh, I was talking to Ron just before the, sh- uh, just before I got up here and he had an interesting comment. And now that makes Ron feel good, right? Because right. you called him out, out, out of all these people. But I also have to tell you that the number one fear is public speaking. Absolutely. You know Some what people- number two fear is? What's that? Dying. Yeah, I was just about to say, some people fear public speaking more than dying. I've, I've actually heard that before. And Jerry Seinfeld says this, the worst thing to be is somebody to speak at a funeral. <laughs> and I tell yeah, you, that has got to be the worst position that you right. ever have to be in is try to be a speaker at a funeral. Right. For sure. So. Uh, so there's some stuff about that. But these old things, things about taking your eyes, you know, behind the the, count, the crowd. I like that idea. Visualizing your, your audience when they'll close on. Not a good idea. Right. Yeah. <laughs> not good. But, you know, looking out off to the back of the room, you know, moving your eyes around, walking up and around the stages, all that stuff um, makes you feel comfortable. Gotcha. Gotcha. Thank off you. that nervous energy that you have. For sure. For me, for me, myself, man, I am I am never nervous until we're five minutes late. Then mm. I get all kinds of nervous. Gotcha. Not starting on time is the worst thing you can do to me. Man, before that, no problem whatsoever. Gotcha. And if you, any of your listeners would like to have me come and speak, uh, I'd be more than happy to, obviously, because uh, we can bring this content live. Absolutely. And once again, Startup Nation, that website for uh, terryogward.com is there in the show notes for easy access. Thank you for sharing that, Terry. I appreciate that. So let me also, if I can interject something real quick. Yeah, sure. Also, Go for it. My web, also, on my website are, are video testimonies. Um, and, you know, I invite the listeners to check that, too. But the point there is that's what sells your clients more than anything is getting video testimonies of your of your successes. For and sure. you publicize them. If if a picture tells a thousand words, what would what does a video tell? Right. And I'm glad you mentioned that because that actually leads into my next question. Because when I looked at some of those testimonials, you know, people look, you know, they have this very deep sense of appreciation for what you've done in their business. I sell the young lady, you know, she's taking your CEO class and stuff like that. So when you see these testimonials, Terry, what does that mean to you? Well, it warms your heart, first of all, that anybody would go anywhere and do anything to put anything on video. Come on. Sure. That's just that's just, you know, taking time out. But I started this practice in, in my air conditioning company because uh, back in those days, we didn't have, you know, videos and stuff. We had three ring binders and we'd have to show our prospective clients what we did. Right. So I would pay five dollars, Dominic, for a thank you letter. So any technician that got did their service work well enough to get a thank you note written to, to me about them, I would give you, you know, I would give them five bucks. When I work with a client, the one of the first things that I want them to do uh, is write a letter as if they received this letter. And when I'm talking about a letter, I'm not just talking about, hey, thanks for the great work. I, I talk about how they pulled up in the parking lot, how pristine the parking lot was, how the landscaping was was perfect, how they were greeted, and, and go through the whole thing from start to finish and outline this two-page letter of just how you would want a customer to, to react to your, you know, to your business, your service. That gives you a uh, mission to live up to. For sure. For sure. So, those, and you also notice, too, about those testimonies, those testimonies that were sincere. Right. And if I wouldn't dare publish any video that wasn't sincere, because if, you, if, you, if customers see through that. They absolutely do. So don't even think that just because putting, you know, so you have to be careful, again, about your brand. This is your branding. So, you if you know, I'm sure you watched a couple of them. And you mm-hmm. notice that those, all those guys were truly sincere. And I've got many testimonies, but they don't make it. They don't make the cut. Gotcha. No, you're absolutely right. And I think that's another thing to remember and point out, Startup Nation, that your customer base, they're, they're very savvy. 
And so like, like Terry says, like they can tell when you're like, you know, not really being genuine and authentic and transparent for sure. So I'm glad you pointed that out. It's, it shows people read, we all like watching people. Absolutely. One of the things that I, Ogburn's Business Solutions brings to the table that I can guarantee you majority of the business consultants, coaches, whatever they want to call themselves, don't, do not bring to the table. And that's something called Neuro Linguistics Programming. Mm-hmm. Domin- have you ever heard of it? Uh, it sounds vaguely familiar, but my, my, my wife is, was a linguistics major in college. So but please share that with us. It's NLP for short. It's neural linguistics programming. It means neural nerve. Linguistics is uh, language. Right. Programming are our subconscious files. And so we, our body speaks 55% of our language. 38% of our communication comes from the tones. Mm. Only 7% of our communication comes from the words we choose. So when, when we're reading people, we're watching people, we're trying to figure out what's going on with them. And most of the time, the uh, uncontrollable body language will dictate what's going on. Mm. Now, we can control our body language and right. we don't have to give away these telltale signs as you see in poker and all this stuff. We don't right. have to do that, but we have to train our body not to do that. So like our eye movement, our eye, uh, our eyes move in one of six. Every time you ask me a question, my mind, my, my eyes are moving into one of six quadrants constantly because mm. I'm researching in my brain where that information is stored. Gotcha. Well, th- that's why it's so important to look your customer in the eye. And if you're focused on looking in the eye, your eyes can't be moving. That's true. <laughs> that's very true. Okay. Very so. Um, and then I believe in question-based uh, selling rather than anything else. And this isn't taught a lot either. And you get the customer to think about buying your product rather than you selling it to them. That's an interesting perspective. Wouldn't you agree? No, I would absolutely agree because, you know, we always have been taught one way. And so that brings it, you know, to a different type of mindset because, you know, when we talk about selling a lot of times, you know, it's, it can be a very scary kind of thing. You know, people don't like hearing the word no and stuff like that. So that's interesting. Well, and I'll share with this with you real quick about NLP. Sure. Um, one of the things that we go for is yes, you would agree from the end sales aspect or a right. concept. We, we want yes, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Right. Well, right. did you know that there are three yeses? I did not know that. There's a yes that you agree with me. Okay. There's a yes that to shut me up. Fair enough. And there's a yes that you'd like to buy. Okay. But if I give you any one of those yeses, you really don't know which one I am giving you. You take away what you want to think that yes meant. Right. We've all dealt with salespeople that came back. Yeah, I just sold a big deal. Where's the paperwork? Well, I didn't sign it, but he told me he was going to buy. Well, (laughs) we'll see that when it comes in, right? Yeah. Right. So I suggest that people go for no. Hmm. Don't go for yes, go for no. So let's role play this for a moment. Dominic, okay. is there any reason why you and I couldn't get together for lunch next week? There's no reason. No. Okay. I got a yes, didn't I? I did. You did. <laughs> I didn't. It wasn't hard. It wasn't, it wasn't difficult. I just changed it around. Is there any reason why you and I can go? No? You said no. Okay. So that's great. So then we have to do is settle on the time. Fair to say. Right. Fair okay. enough. Now, now what happens if you said yes? So let's role play it that way. So, Dominic, um, is there any reason why you and I can't get together for lunch next week? Yeah, sure. So that you're telling me you have a commitment. So you would say, yeah, uh, yes, there is, Terry. I have a commitment on that time. Right, right. Oh, so then I would come back and say, oh, so uh, sometime next week would be okay with you then? Yes. We see, because you are, when you said yes the first time, you said to me, what I heard you say was, I want to have lunch with you. I just can't do it next week. Right. <laughs> That's right. what I heard you say. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I'm moving forward for the next appointment. I'm not, and that person may have been trying to soft sell me, but, you know, but I jumped right back in. Okay, well, I put pen to paper and say, okay, what time next week would be good? <laughs> gotcha. Now, if he's yeah. going to blow me off, I never have to worry about it. Right. And just move on to the next guy. Or for next sure. Guy. For sure. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate all of that. And Sotomayor, I really hope you caught that understanding the three types of yeses. We're all learning something here today on the Startup Life Powered by the Binge Podcast Network. So, Terry, I want to kind of shift gears a little bit, if I will. I want to kind of get your take on something. Okay. So, uh, you know, you, you've seen, you know, some of the stuff like we talked about earlier when you started your business, like the energy crisis and recessions, and then 
you've seen also in business where, you know, we had the internet boom in the 90s. We've seen the tech bubble burst in the early 2000s and even the Great Recession back in 2008. So you've seen quite the evolution in not only the American economy, but also the way business is conducted in America as well. So I guess I want to get your take on the state of doing business here in America, in your opinion. Uh, we have the greatest opportunity here in the United States to do business. And, you know, I was on a call yesterday morning in Singapore. Mm-hmm. One of my clients traveled to Singapore. We're on our go to meeting call there. I mean, I mean, we, we, this technology is here, you know, go to meeting, you know, they, we're on, uh, uh, I forget what we're on now. Zoom. We're on Zoom right now. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, this is, I mean, this is great stuff that we have to do. One thing I will point out to your listeners is that we have to be able to change because remember I went in business 13 years ago. Guess what wasn't really up and coming or would be up and coming at that time. What's that? Social media. Absolutely. Well, if I didn't embrace social media, I was, oh, that's a fad, Dominic. Don't worry about that. Don't even mess with that. Right. Why don't you and I connect through Facebook? Absolutely. Through Facebook. Absolutely. And, yeah. you know, and I'm restating what you, you've been, you and I've been trying to get together for a while, but we got together on social media. But mm-hmm. if I would have told you in, in 2006 or seven not to worry about that, I wouldn't be in business today. So, um, you know, we see all these things happen, go from, I used to drive around and probably there's a lot of uh, people in my tr- industry used to drive around to Panera Breads and do FaceTime. Well, now we have other things, Skype and other things. We can do the same thing. We don't have to leave, uh, you know, our, our condo, so to speak. Right. So right. embrace, you know, find ways to take the technology that, that is being, you know, given to us and do something great with it. For sure. For sure. Thank you for sharing that, Terry. I appreciate that. Just kind of wanted to get your your take on it, because, you know, some people say that, you know, it's, you know, they're not really sure how to navigate, you know, certain economies or certain spaces. And they say it's kind of hard to do or they're not sure how to find those opportunities here in America to kind of do business. I kind of wanted to get your take on that a little bit. I'll give you a good example of, of a guy. This was a, this works today, worked anywhere. So this is a guy who decided he didn't want to live in New York anymore. Okay. Winners, five kids, you know, just tired of it. He was in the printing industry. So what he did is he researched and was looking for an area, warmer climate that didn't have a four color printer machine. Now this is dating. I'm going back a few years, but Mm -hmm. so it was called a Heidelberg machine that he had access to. And so back then that was the state of the art color uh, printing concept. Well, he found out that the Tampa Bay area did not have a Heidelberg machine in the whole Tampa, St. Pete, Clearwater area. Mm -hmm. So he just picked up his Heidelberg machine and moved it to Florida. Hmm. Created a whole business because there was nothing there. So the same thing, when I started my air conditioning business, it wasn't because there wasn't ample enough of air conditioning companies. It's because nobody was in the service market. Gotcha. So there's always room wherever you want to go. I mean, you wouldn't open up a snowshoe factory in Miami, would you? No, not really. (laughs) But it might work in Colorado. Absolutely. So we have to kind of look for where the market we want to go out and and reach and then put ourselves in the middle of that market so that, you know, I I said this morning on one of my calls, it's easier to go vertical than it is to go horizontal. Mm. I I opened a travel agency in downtown Tampa and they asked me later, said, why did you do that? And I said, well, because it's easier to go vertical than it is to go horizontal. Think about driving around trying to find companies. All we had to do was ride up and down elevators looking for people who wanted to travel for business. Well, it's a business environment. It's downtown Tampa. I got my whole surrounded in 12 blocks. Right. Thank you for sharing it. We did a market search there and it, it turned out there was $187 million worth of airline tickets plated out of that wow down area in one year i just needed two hundred fifty thousand. you know my take two and right. a half two and a half million is all i needed and out of 187 that's a lot i mean a million that's a lot of, that's not that much that's true anyway that's true <laughs> thank you for sharing that so i hope you caught that start of mention. that's kind of like i said i wanted to ask him that you know like find your niche there's always some some pocket like as you know terry was saying earlier there's always some pocket that you can really you know dive into and really capitalize on and when you get in that pocket make sure you burn those boats like terry said for sure so thank you for t- sharing all that terry for sure I want to ask you this because, you know, I was looking on Facebook and I saw that 
uh, your father recently passed away and he served in the Air Force. Let me first say this, that, you know, so sorry for your loss. And I want to posthumously say to your father, thank you for his service for our great country. I really appreciate that. Well, thank Uh, you so much. He was 99 years old when he passed. Right. Right. For sure. And and I know, you know, as of this recording, Father's Day is coming up. So I want to ask you this question. What's the the number one lesson that your father taught you that you still hold on to this day that you use in your life and in your business? Um, I appreciate you asking that question because my father, as most military brats, brat stands for born, raised and transferred. It's not a bad thing. It's just that's what we are, you know? Absolutely. Uh, And growing up in a military family, it's difficult because your father is very, very strict and very, um, you know, that. So we, our relationship in the beginning was a little, you know, treacherous to say, you know, but Mm -hmm. as I grew up, I realized that I was more like him than not. Mm. I've spent the last 20 years with him um, and before he passed, my mom passed and then, I mean, you know, she passed first. And so I took over kind of traveling with him and going things and doing things. And I learned a lot from him. And the thing, he sits at my mastermind table today. I have a a fictitious mastermind group that I meet with every morning. Gotcha. And we go through this and he sits there. And he sits at the table and he and I thank God every day for him bringing courage and determination to pursue my dreams and aspirations that the Lord has placed in my heart. I hear that. I definitely That's what I got from him is courage and, and determination. Now, I never said his name in the Facebook because, you know, that's that. But right. his, think of this, Dominic. His his first name was Doris. D.O.R.I.S. Wow. No middle initial. Mm. So can you imagine growing up in the 20s, the 30s, and the 40s with a girl's name? Oh, absolutely. Probably a fight every day after school. He had to get up every day knowing that somebody was might, you know, he might have to fight that day. Exactly. I think, you know, I'm not a fighter. I don't like that stuff. I I don't know if that I wouldn't have found some other other way. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, that's just that's just determination to get up every day and he stayed in school till he was 22 years old and he was drafted out of the uh, out of high school and I asked him I said dad why did you you know why that he says son it was real easy he says it was hard times he says my brother was offering and his wife were offering me a place to stay as long as I went to school he said Mm -hmm. they would have had to kick me out of school he said I wasn't going anywhere gotcha (laughs) he said that was I was living but I will share if I can share one story absolutely please do so when he was on his, you know, the getting towards the end and I asked him, I said, Dad, how are you getting to heaven? And he answered that. And I said, well, Dad, what's your most memorable story on, you know, here? And he has a story about he calls it the quarter story. OK. And this quarter story is about he used to, he lived in Ocala, Florida, and he he. Uh, he was born along with me in Panama City, Florida. Mm-hmm. And so he would travel on the weekends to see his mom and then he'd hitchhike uh, in the, uh, on Sunday. You know, he'd hitchhike back because he knew that if he got to Dunellen at by seven o'clock in the morning, he had a ride to Ocala, which got him to school. So mm-hmm. his goal was to get there. So he's traveling along, headed to Tallahassee because they didn't have any other roads then. It was just from Panama City to Tallahassee. So mm-hmm. evidently somebody let him off in the middle of nowhere out there. And he was walking, keep on walking, cold, wintry night. And he's walking along. And in the moonlight, in the middle of nowhere, it's a quarter. So no, no other place. Like he said, nothing all there isolated. So he picks up the quarter and he looks up and there's car lights coming towards him. Turns out it's a Greyhound bus. The bus driver stops. My dad gets on the bus. He said, how much is it to Tallahassee? The guy says 25 cents. My dad said, just happened to have it. Now he's a, he's a young man. He's you know probably a teenager, a little older, right? He said, just happened to have it. So gets to Tallahassee and the bus driver and my dad's a talker like I am. And so he's the bus driver says, no, I just stay on the bus. He says, I'm going to Dunnellen anyway. So I'll just drop you off. Well, when he gets to Dunnellen, he gives my dad back his quarter and says, have a great. So that's how my dad won him over in that little short trip. Wow. And back his money. Wow. <laughs> and back then you could get a full breakfast for, he said, I said, dad, the quarter he has son. He said that, that quarter, that was five breakfasts. He said, I get a breakfast for five cents. <laughs> that was five breakfasts for me. Right. You know, so, 
you know, they had, you know, that uh, he and he carried when you you'd die laughing. He walked around with quarters in his in his pocket. Mm-hmm. You know, go to these restaurants and you know how the ladies or people will open the door for you you know when you're going into these restaurants you know, right right in quarters and i go uh it's a deep story but it, it's all for luck it's just for luck you know absolutely you pass out these quarters for luck absolutely no that's awesome and i can see why you know he would pass out those quarters no i totally get it thank you for sharing that story terry i appreciate yeah. it you bet. For sure. Let me ask you this. I believe all entrepreneurs have a superpower. What's yours and why? Mine is intuitiveness. Okay. Uh, somebody shared with me years ago that I have a discerning spirit. And I always thought that I was um, weird. And people used to say, Terry, you're weird. And my friends and people thought, they thought, oh, man, you think. So I looked up weird one day. Do you know what weird, the definition of weird? What is the definition of weird? Fantastic, huh. cosmic, out of this world. So when you when you think about it, they were giving me a compliment. I hear that. I thought, Dominic, I thought I was uh, seriously. I, I, mean, I really mean this. I thought I was an alien for many years of my life because I just didn't think like other people. Oh, I know that feeling very well, too. Right? You know, yeah. so, right? He's like, that just doesn't, you know, why you guys been doing it that way? That doesn't make any sense. Let's do it this way type thing. You know, you get me. So that is, that's important to me. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. And before we get into the last question, Terry, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the Startup Life Podcast, powered by the Binge Podcast Network. You've given us amazing and immense value from, you know, not just starting a company, but also how to sustain it and building those relationships, building that rapport, uh, really capitalizing on those niches and also sharing with us a very cool story about your dad in the quarter. I really appreciate that. But at this time, I actually want to turn the microphone over to you because, look, there's an entrepreneur out there in Startup Nation that they're on the ropes, man. They're, they're getting ready to quit their business or they're afraid to start. Terry, if you would, please, sir, give them some words of motivation today. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Uh, first thing is winners never quit and quitters never win. That dates back to Vince Lombardi and even before him. There, if any of your listeners have ever read the book, Think and Go Rich, it talks about a guy by the name of Darby who went out and, and was in, in search of gold. And so he found this little gold thing and he went back and got some investors, went back and he's got some investors, come back and he launched this excavating company for gold. And he, the vein went dry. So he broke and you know despondent and all that he was all out of sorts so he called up a salvage company and the salvage company came out and bought his all of his equipment and you know he went back east and and so the salvage company guess who they who they hired who was that they, they hired a geologist mm. and that geologist realized that they had stopped three feet from gold mm. so the lesson there is it's always toughest, it's always darkest before dawn. So when when what I do, when I see tough times coming at me or, you know, you feel like all these little gremlins are on there trying to hold you back. I used to say it was a snowball chasing me. People were pushing me down. But what I learned from it was to just put my head down and just push harder, just push harder. And when you push harder, what happens is you break through. And when you break through, it's like the space shuttle breaking through the Earth's atmosphere. It becomes very easy to navigate. But you got to have that that determination to not give up on your dream. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing all of that. And that's going to conclude our session on the Startup Life today. Did you enjoy being on the show, Terry? I, immensely, man. And I, I just hope there's a time that I could ever get to come back. I really love the energy of this show. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I started Nation. So here's my final take. Terry comes with so much knowledge content and value that you really should take some of the things that he talked about in your entrepreneurial toolkit the thing is startup nation on your path you're going to need people like terry to provide that guys to provide those tangible tools so that way your path to entrepreneurship is just a little bit easier it's still hard obviously but it's a little easier but terry brings that value and knowledge that you can definitely use to scaling your business and scaling your business responsibly if you want to let us know what you think about our show have an idea for a show topic or would like to advertise on our show send us a message on the startup life podcast facebook page and while you are there like and follow our page as well it's a great way for us to engage with you startup nation and really grow our community the link is there in the show notes subscribe to the show as it can be heard on apple Podcasts. 
Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or even on your Facebook timeline or any other platform you like to get your podcast. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you find our content valuable, please give us a five-star rating as it will help us climb the charts and help more people find our show. You can also listen to the show on the Startup Life Podcast new website. There you will find the all-new startup blog where I write on many topics that are interesting and helpful to you on your path to entrepreneurship. And hey, if you have an idea, be about that life, the startup life. What up, Startup Nation? I bet you hanging around for that extra content. Well, it's a good thing you're hanging out for the extra content because there's a big guest coming on the show. Take a listen. I mean, everybody makes mistakes in life. There's no one that's perfect. It's just, you know, what do you do after that mistake? If you, you, know, you watch a game on a Saturday or Sunday and you watch a quarterback make a mistake, I love the guy that has thrown a couple interceptions, but he just comes right back out and rips one down the seam like he he never threw an interception and so same in business you know especially you know a startup and entrepreneur in the tech field you get told no a ton that startup nation is jake the snake plumber former nfl qb and co-founder of readyless sports so if you want to get that content as soon as it's available go ahead subscribe to the startup life podcast right now on any of your major podcast platforms so that way when jake's episode is available it'll be right there waiting for you and also startup nation you now have to wait till next Monday for the episode to drop. That episode is going to drop this Thursday. So make sure you subscribe so you can get that episode. But until then, Startup Nation, get out of here. You got a company to grow.